Welcome to the latest word from the church at Severn Run. Our church is located in Severn, Maryland, and is easily accessible from anywhere in the D.C. Baltimore area. You can subscribe for regular updates or check in weekly for the latest information by using our website, severinrun.com. Thank you for visiting. And now, today's message. Sleep is a long weekend with Christmas and all, and, and that, and you guys got to go throw that on me. Oh, I think my foot fell asleep. <laughs> it really did, it fell asleep. I think I know how Jesus felt. Matthew chapter 8, would you turn with me this morning there? As we, get back, as we get ready to go back on the road uh, with Jesus for the next couple of weeks, we find ourselves in Matthew chapter 8 and beginning in verse 23. And here's, uh, here's what it says. And then Jesus got into the boat and he started across the lake with his disciples. And suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake. By the way, how many of you did that scare you when it first started? You ought to have been in the boat. That thing was shaking. And uh, suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. And the disciples went and they woke him up shouting, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. And Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. And then he got up. And he rebuked the wind and waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man, they asked. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now, there's a lot of people that have a lot of different ideas about what it means to be on the road with Jesus. What it means to be a Jesus follower. What it means to experience salvation and be saved. There's a lot of ideas that are floating around out there about what it means to be a word that wasn't, wasn't originally churchy but has kind of become churchy. What it means to be a disciple. A lot of different ideas. For some people, those ideas are the fact that, hey, listen, the moment that I ask Jesus, that I decide to be a follower of Jesus Christ, my life is going to be good from this point on. I'm never going to have any problem again, and all of the problems that I've had up until now, they are going to be fixed. I cannot tell you the numbers of times as a pastor that I've literally watched people come into a church on a Sunday morning believing that just because they showed up that one time and, and said a quick prayer at the very end, that all of life was going to be okay at that stage. I'm going to go ahead and just let you down. It won't. Because that is not what being a Jesus follower is about. But lots and lots of people believe that. They believe that, hey, listen, I've decided to follow Jesus, and so therefore my bank account is going to be plush. Mine is yet to be plush. And I, and, but people believe it. They believe that everything's going to go okay. There's other people that they believe that being a, a, a disciple, a follower of Jesus, means that they are going to take the time to go sit in a classroom in a church and somebody's going to open up the Bible and, and teach them God's word and that being a disciple means that they will become biblical scholars. That 
that is what it's all about. It's about knowing as much as you can about the Bible. Now, I've got no problem with biblical scholars, and I've got no problem with knowing as much as you can about the Bible, but that is not what being a Jesus follower looks like. It's not making life easy. It's not sitting in a classroom trying to figure out how much uh, that you can know. Being a Jesus follower is all about getting on the road with him. It's about getting on the road with him. And when we do that, i got to tell you what, we got to be ready for where Jesus is going to go. Because I don't know if you've taken the time yet, as we've been in the book of Matthew for this last year, if you've taken the time to read the entire book, but Jesus goes a whole lot of crazy places. And his disciples didn't really know quite yet what they were getting themselves into until this boat experience. Because you see, it was only in chapter 4 that Jesus had met most of the disciples that were on the boat with him. And then in chapters 5, 6, and 7, we've got the Sermon on the Mount. That's just Jesus' teaching. Then we see a couple of miracles that have happened in chapter 8. And now for the first time, the disciples have decided that, hey, listen, we're not just going to sit around and watch him teach. We're not just going to sit around and watch him do miracles. We're actually going to follow him wherever he may go. And so, he looks at him and says, guys, get the boat ready. We're gotta, we've got to head across the Sea of Galilee. Now, the Bible does not say that this is exactly what happened, but I'm sure at this moment, Peter volunteered. Because that's what Peter does. He said, okay, boys, you heard him. You heard Jesus. He said, get the boat ready. We got to get up in there, and uh, and uh, and we got to make sure everything is secure and, and, and ready to go, because Peter was a fisherman. And he knew how to do this the right way. I'm sorry, folks, I spent Christmas in Virginia. So, uh, so they got the entire boat ready, and they got on the boat, and they were sailing across the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus, after all of this teaching and miracle working and all of these things, he was God, but he was God-man, and he was tired. And he decided to get down in the back of that boat and take himself a little nap. Now, you would think that the disciples could have known anything that could happen because most of these guys had been fishermen themselves. And so you see there on the Sea of Galilee, um, the Sea of Galilee is really nothing more than a big lake. I've had the opportunity to be on it myself, and it's just this big, huge, massive lake. On, on, the, uh, on the eastern side of the lake is the Golan Heights. You hear that talked about a whole lot in the news. It's the Golan Heights, and you can basically, if you're on the top of the Golan Heights, you can see the entire lake from anywhere. Then the rest of it is all kind of covered around by hills. And there's this thing that happens on the Sea of Galilee, and it still often happens to this day. It is legendary for the storms that can come up within just a matter of minutes. Because what actually happens is the weather patterns creates a wind tunnel going through these hills and through this mountain, and it all hits the lake at one time. And just within a few minutes, it can go from glassy, nice, wonderful place to be into crazy storms with swells up to six feet high. Now, when you're in a boat that they made 2,000 years ago, and uh you're in the middle of swells that are going up to six feet high. I'm not going to lie to you. You're probably going to get just a little bit nervous, aren't you? Now, the disciples, again, they should have known that this type of thing was possible. In fact, they'd probably been into one or two of these um, types of storms before. 
But they had never been in this type of storm necessarily uh, with Jesus because they didn't expect that they were ever going to probably have to go through a storm if they were with Jesus. Right? Because Jesus makes it all hunky-dory, doesn't he? He it is, you decide to follow Jesus and you, life is going to be safe and it is going to be secure and it is going to be perfectly glassy, see all the way. Thank you for answering. <laughs> Wrong is exactly right. I mean, man, they've been, on this, they've been on this sea when there were storms before, but now it's not supposed to happen because Jesus is with them. And here they are, they're in the middle of this lake, and the storm comes up, and it's getting crazy. And I've got news for you, folks. If you're truly a follower of Jesus, he is going to take you to some crazy places that you never believed uh, that you were going to have to go. It's just true. If you're a true follower of Jesus, you're going to find yourself in situations in which you're saying, how in the world did I get here? This is not what I expected. You're going to find yourself in situations where you are scared. You're going to find yourself in situations in which you are fearful. You're going to find yourselves in situations in which you say, what in the world is going on? But that's what being a real follower of Jesus is all about. It's not about being safe and secure. It is about taking the chance to actually follow him and go wherever it may be. Because you see, this is just the first scary um, incident that the disciples are going to have with him. There's going to be a lot more to come. Because Jesus walks up into the middle of a stoning of a prostitute, gets in the way of it all with a mob ready to kill her, stops them. Now, is that the guy you want to follow, huh? Stops this religious maniac crowd from killing this lady. I mean, he's, Jesus is the type of guy that walks up in the Jewish temple and declares himself the Messiah, the Son of God. That is not exactly how you keep your life in your, if you're in ancient day Jerusalem. Jesus is going to take them all kinds of scary places and put them in all kinds of dangerous situations. Because that's what Jesus does when you really decide to follow him. And I think that make, has to make us all step back just a little bit, doesn't it? Doesn't it just have to make us step back a little bit and say, listen, how many dangerous situations have I really found myself in in my lifetime because of Jesus? Not because of your own stupidity, because of Jesus. I found myself in all kinds of dangerous situations because I'm stupid. But because of Jesus you find yourself in a different spot. I remember just, a, this, just this last October, uh, there's a lady in our church, her, her name is Carol, I'll, I'll, I'll save her last name, many of you will probably know her, uh, but I did not know Carol at this point. And uh, Carol came up to me after she, we had talked about the fact that, hey, listen, we were going to be headed back over to Ethiopia to visit our partnership uh, there, our partnership church there, be able to see the work that God was doing um, with Compassion International. And so we were going to be taking a, a trip over there last October. And Carol, um, just one Sunday morning, kind of sitting here, kind of heard God say, you need to go. Well, here's the interesting thing. Carol had never been out of the country. Now, if you've never been out of the country, Ethiopia may not be your first destination. <laughs> Bermuda's great. Okay, but Ethiopia is a whole different ball of wax. And so uh, 
And so I remember that the first time that I met her, she had already signed up, and, and I had been uh, uh, talking, asking who's on the trip, and, and this name Carol kept coming up, and I, I kept asking people, who is that? And, and I remember the first time she came up to me, it was right down here, and uh, she said, I'm Carol, I'm the one that's going on this trip to Ethiopia. I've never been on a mission trip. I've never been out of the country. But by the way, I'm a little nervous. I'm just a little bit scared. I said, well, that's okay. Nothing wrong with that, but just let me remind you that the same God that is in this room with us right now is the same God that is over in Ethiopia. He's everywhere. He's watching over us. He's got this thing. If we're following him, we're going to put ourselves in some pretty crazy situations. And that means sometimes getting on a plane and flying 23 hours with a bunch of church staff that are nuts and uh, then, then going over there and, and ministering and working with these kids. But I got to tell you what, you know what? I, I loved Miss Carol's attitude on this trip because she never, she never for one moment, if she was fearful, showed it. She got on this trip and she took off and there was no looking back. And you've never seen somebody minister to a bunch of kids like she did. You have never seen somebody be more brave than she was. I mean, she ended up on a donkey going down into the middle of a volcano. Hello. But I've got to tell you something. If you want to get real about Jesus, he's going to take you some places you never thought he might take you. You're going to have some experiences you never thought you'd have. But you're going to have some memories like never before either. The disciples had just begun this journey, but now they were learning that the only way that they could overcome their fear was by being on the road with Jesus. That was it. It, But overcoming fear often means that we're going to find ourselves in fearful situations. There's no way out of it. If you want to overcome fear, then you've got to be around what you're afraid of, don't you? That's exactly where Jesus was putting these disciples, in this first experience with them on the road. But then look at what the disciples' kind of, uh, the disciples' reaction to all this was. As this fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. And the disciples went and they woke him up. And I guarantee you Peter was involved in this one too, because he always was. Jesus! Jesus, we're in the middle of a storm. Jesus, can't you see? Can't Jesus wake up? Jesus, wake up. He's like, oh. I'm sure Jesus drooled too. He was God, but he was man. Jesus, wake up. Jesus, we're all going to drown. We're all going to drown. Jesus, I don't want to drown. I don't want to go out like that. That's got to be like one of the worst ways to go. Literally, does Peter not know that he's going to go out way worse because ultimately he's going to be crucified upside down for his Savior. But this is the early Peter. And here he is. Jesus, wake up. We're all going to drown. We're not going to make it. Can I just go ahead and tell you real quick? How many of you, you've got people that are drama inside of your life? Just raise your hand. Be honest. Do not point at them. Do not point. And most of us, we've been with family at Christmas, right? Like, you've had all kinds of drama this week. We've got people that are, that are drama in, your li- in our lives. Can I just go ahead and tell you, drama will make you drown. 
It really, really will. When you just get into a life of drama, when you get into a life, because drama is really nothing more than fear, is it? It's just totally being scared. I mean, there's nothing that you want in a serious situation more than somebody to freak out and panic. But you know those people, don't you? And then, there's, and then there's people of faith. I mean, speaking of our Ethiopia trip, as we were going up to that volcano, we were in what they call a level three bus. That's what they call it. A level, that does not mean it had three levels. Here's what it means. Level one is the best bus that you can get on for public transportation in Ethiopia. Level two is the next best bus. Level three is the worst possible bus that you can ever get on for a trip in Ethiopia. And we rented a level three bus. Just know we're looking after the dollars, okay? We get on this bus and we are headed about two hours to about 13,000 feet high to be able to go to this old volcano and ride these donkeys all the way down. And these donkeys, I don't think they, I don't even think they ever stood in the rain, much less had a bath. I mean, it was something. But as we're on the way up there, in this bus, it was the very end of rainy season. And rainy season over in Africa is way different than just a little bit of rain that we've had here the last few days. And so as we are going on up this road, if you could call it that, and with these big old ditches all in it, we almost got stuck two or three times. And then we got stuck. Oh, and I mean we got stuck stuck. In fact, we got pictures of this thing. If I would have known that I was going to like get, tell this story this morning, I would have a picture up there because if I could show you what we were stuck in, you would never believe that, that we are standing here today. We are stuck in this huge ditch. Meanwhile, I'm just being my normal self. I'm leaning out the window like, you guys need any help? I mean, that looks, look, I think if you push a little harder, push a little harder, you can do it. About that time, Gwen, Gwen, raise your hand. There you go. There she is. She's up in the back of the bus, and Gwen said, you know what I think we should do? I think we should pray. I'm like, there you go, throwing the prayer card down again. It's always got to be about Jesus with you. So we said, okay, we're going to pray, and uh, let's do it, Gwen. Go ahead. So you volunteered. So sure enough, she, she prays, shortest prayer I ever right? Shortest prayer I've ever heard in my life. She's sitting in the back of the bus. And I'm telling you, folks, we are not getting out of this thing. I mean, it's going to be a three-day hike back to where we were. She's sitting in the back of this bus, and she says, Dear Jesus, please get this level three bus unstuck. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) That'll do it. I promise you within 10, 15 minutes, we were actually out of the ditch and going on up. Huh? You could panic. 
You can say, oh, Jesus, we're going to drown. You can say, oh, Jesus, we're not going to make it. I I cannot face the fact that I just lost my job right here at Christmas. I can't handle the fact uh, that my relationships are are breaking up. I don't know what I'm going to do inside of the new year. Jesus, I don't know. And we could just panic. And we could be fearful. Or we could go ahead and decide to have some faith. Because if we just decide to allow drama to enter into our lives, can I tell you, we're going to drown. But Jesus finally, he wakes up. And as he wakes up, he looks and he says, why are you afraid? First of all, I mean, I, there's any number of levels, I think, that you've got to think about here. Not, like, number one, seriously, do you think Jesus is really going to let himself drown? Now, as smart as his disciples were, he might have let them drown, but... I mean, you really think Jesus was going to let himself drown? So he's like, hey, guys, do the math. If I go down, I mean, if you go down, I go down. We're all in the same boat. Come on. They hadn't seen him walk on water yet. So he's like, why are you so afraid? What's the problem here? You have so little faith. What a rebuke, huh? What a rebuke. I like the fact that he deals with this before he even deals with the storm. See, Jesus doesn't want to deal with your storm first. He wants to deal with your faith first. Jesus doesn't really care that much. He's not really that concerned with all of your fears. Jesus doesn't have to be concerned with all your fears. I, 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 we've got this picture sometimes of Jesus that is just that, that it, like he was so warm and fuzzy. You know, I'll be honest with you. If you're a Christ follower, you probably don't want Jesus to come visit you in the hospital. I mean, you really don't because pretty much he was healing the people that didn't know him. The people that knew him, oh, well, you guys have got this covered. You know me already. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't all warm and fuzzy. Does this sound warm and fuzzy to you? In the middle of a massive storm, he looks at his disciples and he says, hey, listen, where, why are you so afraid you have so little faith? He's not concerned with our fear. He's concerned with our faith. He's not worried about the fact that you don't have a job. He already knows what your next one is. He's not worried about whether or not uh, you're going to pay your electric bill this month because he already knows where that's coming from too. He's not worried about whether that relationship is or isn't going to make it because he knows that he's got the best for you in mind. Jesus is not afraid of anything that's going on in your life and therefore he's not concerned about your fear either. He's concerned about your faith. He's concerned that you're willing to look at him and you're willing to say, Jesus, I don't know where it's go- I don't know where my next job's coming from, but you do. Jesus, I don't know where the electric bill's coming from, but you do. What he wants to hear from us more than anything is that we believe deeply in who he is. And we'll start there. Everything else will work itself out. If we'll just decide to follow him and have faith, everything else will be fine. He deals with their faith. He doesn't deal with their fear. And then, look what he does after that. He got up and he rebuked the wind and the waves. This is 
I love, the, all, I love all the talk that I hear of, of, of Mother Earth all the time. You know, there is no Mother Earth, by the way. There's God the Father who created the earth we live on. And Jesus gets up, and he looks at this earth that he created. That basically, almost like it's his little child. And he says, hey, wind, waves, guys, cut it out. If you don't, I'm going to put you in timeout. In fact, you're in timeout right now. We're done. And look what happens. The entire thing stops. The calm rushes over. Everything else is now fine. And the disciples were amazed. Who is this man, they asked. Even the wind and the waves, they obey him. Rebuking fear leads to further faith in Jesus. You want to know the greatest thing that you could do in 2016 is to rebuke the fear that you have in your life. I'm serious. Some of you, God's been calling you uh, to start a business. And you've been saying, no, I can't do that. I, you, don't, you don't understand, I might fail. Yeah, but rebuke the fear. Some of you, you've been thinking about going back to school. But you say, I don't know if I can handle that. I mean, I've got, I got family now. I've got a job I've got to worry about. I, I just don't, I don't have the time. I, I can't do that. Rebuke the fear. Decide to step up to the plate and do something about it. Whatever the fear is that's in your life, the only way that you can have greater faith in Jesus is to rebuke the fear in his name. Say, Jesus, I'm not going to worry about it anymore. Jesus, I'm not going to be concerned about it anymore. Jesus, you're right. I don't know what's next, but you do. And in your name, I rebuke this feeling of fear. I am done with it. My dad, I was a pastor of a church in Cleburne, Texas. And uh, when I was in about the third grade, and not only was he the pastor of the church, but he was also president of the Christian school that I attended that was attached to the church. And so my dad had bought this bass boat, and he would come in oftentimes on, on a Monday because he knew that the, the, the classwork was light at least once a month, sometimes twice a month, on a Monday, and he'd look at my teacher, because remember, he was the president of the school, and say, hey, listen, I just need to, I just need to borrow John for the day. Well, borrowing me meant I was going on a fishing trip. And we'd get in the car, and when we'd get in the car and we were headed on a fishing trip, he'd always look at me and say, no, don't tell mom. You were just in school today. I was like, I got you, Dad. I think Mom was still onto it. But meanwhile, this one particular day was much looked like when it's, we got started, it looked a lot like it does out there today. It was kind of like dark and gray, and it was misty. And the water was a little bit rough, but we got that little bass boat out there on that lake there in Cleburne, Texas. And, and we started across it, and we went down uh, close to the dam, because down close to the dam, you, you, could, uh, you could catch the most fish, uh, these little carpy uh, or, or crappy, whichever part of the country you come from, uh, fish. 
And, uh, and, and I could just throw my fishing line in there and just pull them out, just one at a time. And so it was a whole lot of fun for me, and the dad would take me down, down there to do that. Well, we were doing that that day when all of a sudden the, the rain started to come, and then the wind started to blow, and we were, like, in the middle of a full-blown storm out there on this little bass boat that probably seriously was not much bigger than that. And as we got, and my dad was like, son, we got to get back. Like, we got to go. You know, get, get, get the fish off the hook, let's go. And so I got, I got up where I usually sat, right up there uh, on, on the front, in, in the front seat. My dad was back there uh, at, at the wheel, and we take off across uh, this lake. And as we are going, the waves are getting just a little bit higher and a little bit higher. And my dad has got this thing like at full throttle, and I am sitting up there on the front of I'm sitting up there on the front of the boat. Now the rain is like um, plummeting, and we are bouncing on waves, bouncing. I am having the time of my life. I'm screaming. I'm looking back at my dad. I'm like, Dad, this is so much fun. I remember there's this one little strap on the seat, and I was just holding on to it. I was like, this is great, Dad. Let's do it. Go faster. And Dad was like, I wish I could. It won't go any faster. And we, were, we got there, and we finally made it to the other side of the lake. And little did I know that entire time that uh, my dad was scared to death. He didn't know we were going to make it. Seriously. But I wasn't. I was having a blast. I was having fun in the middle of this storm, bouncing everywhere, jumping waves. You know why? Because my dad was at the wheel. In my mind as a child, there wasn't anything to be scared of. Dad was driving. He had the thing completely, totally, 100% under control. Folks, your heavenly father is way better than my dad that got us through that, bass, uh, that, that, through that lake on that bass boat. Because we wouldn't have had to stop fishing that day if Jesus had been on the boat. He had just gone ahead and calmed the storm. There are going to be storms in your life in 2016. It's just true. There's going to be things that you're fearful of. It's just true. But you've got a decision to make. Am I going to go through this next year living with all of the same fears that I've lived in the past year, in the past decade, or all my life? Or am I going to allow myself in this coming year to overcome fear in a way that I've never overcome fear before? Am I going to allow myself to trust my Heavenly Father who's got the wheel, and no matter how big the storms get, no matter how crazy it seems like it's going to become, that... I'm just going to look and say, you know what? I'm going to have fun. Because, God, you're the one that's in control today. We've got nothing without you. But, God, with you, we've got nothing that we should ever be afraid of. Lord Jesus, I pray today that you would allow us to give up every ounce of fear that we might experience in our lives. And that this year, we might live by faith for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today at the Church at Severn Run. 
please visit our website at severnrun.com for church service information, staff directories, or for prayer requests. And if you're in the D.C. Baltimore area, we'd love to have you join us at 8187 Telegraph Road in Severn, Maryland. We look forward to worshiping with you.